I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 264 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we help you imprint your personality on your podcast. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we talk monthly podcast media host downloads. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have a few follow-ups to last week's anonymous podcasting discussion. Lauren, start the show now, if that's even your real name. This is Better Podcasting. We are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Welcome to episode 264 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is the fantastic SP. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm coming off of a all-nighter last night. Had an exciting night. Artemis 1 launched. I stayed up till it launched. And unfortunately, there was a network IT problem that extended <laughs> that. So every time I checked it, like five minutes, okay, are we going now? Are we going now? Are we going now? It's like 2 a.m. Come on, can we just launch now? But it did. It launched. I stayed home from work. I got some sleep. And I'm all ready to podcast about podcasting. If you would like to chat with SP about topics like that and podcast-related topics, we'd encourage you to come on over to betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We have a Discord server where you can talk about things while we are not recording this podcast. We would love to have you over there, and we have a bunch of different geeky channels. It's actually the Gunna Geek Discord, but there is spots to talk about tech and gear, talk about podcasting, and, of course, space stuff like that. So please come on over and talk all of those things at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Oh, we've got a fun episode today and we're getting right into the personality of you and how that influences your podcast. In the past, we've talked about how your podcast can be a reflection of you. But how does your personality affect the decisions you make for your podcast? And what are some of the areas of your personality that you should be aware of as you make those decisions for your podcast. Well, for us, we feel it's appropriate that we start this conversation right at the most basic area of your hobby podcast, your decision to have a hobby podcast. Absolutely. The fact that you've decided that you're going to have a hobby podcast is a reflection on your personality itself. A hobby podcast is a podcast that somebody is doing out of personal enjoyment or interest. And it's not driven by other factors like monetary reasons or, or investment or employment or other contractual obligations. No, it's just there for fun. It's easy for us hobby podcasters to forget the fact that not everybody has the personality to get behind a microphone and create a podcast. But the fact that you've decided that you want to make yourself a hobby podcast tells a lot about yourself. Some traits of an average hobby podcaster might include a desire to express yourself verbally and hopefully articulate things well, a desire maybe to perform, a desire to share your thoughts, and maybe even just a desire to connect with other people. 
you can really leverage some of these traits as you make your decisions elsewhere through your podcasting endeavors. Let's talk about a few of those elsewheres. As a hobby podcaster, we think there's a universal opportunity presented to imprint your personality on your podcast, and that surrounds the creative control of your podcast overall. Compared to other types of podcasts, hobby podcasters have the ability to make creative decisions as they see fit to shape the show as they feel. Of course, this begins right with the overall topic of your podcast. You get to decide what the topic is going to be for your podcast. And it's probably going to be something that has a connection to your personality. Over the years here on Better Podcasting, we've talked many times about choosing a topic for your podcast, including our very first episode. Yep, that's right. Better Podcasting number one. So we won't harp on this anymore tonight. But we would be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge that your personality will affect your topic that you choose for your podcast that is under your own creative control. See, some people like me have a personality of being indecisive, which is why I don't start podcasts because I can never decide on a topic. You haven't started one in a while. I'm looking forward to the next one. One of these days, I'll start a podcast. One of these days. Okay. Another area that we think will help shape your podcast is about the creative decisions that are going to be made on the content that you're covering on your podcast. Let's take a look at an example, one that's close to home, one that allows me to talk about the things that personally I just get great passion in, in discussing, and it's SP. Over on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, SP and his team were originally on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast covering the Marvel television show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. However, along the way, they ended up having the full creative control leveraged to decide to cover elsewhere in the Marvel Universe. This is all things that they felt that they wanted to cover because they had that full creative control. And while they often like to cover content based on current releases to do with the Marvel content and the Marvel Universe, they actually don't always cover things in a timely manner that are going on right here and right now in Marvel releases when they come out. This is because, as hobby podcasters, they've chosen what is going to be the best fit for their schedules and their personal interests in the Marvel Universe. If Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a big company podcast, they might be more obligated or more, more inclined to talk specifically about what is being released in the Marvel Universe at that time. But as hobby podcasters, their personalities and their interests are helping shape that show to decide what shows and movies and other Marvel content they're going to cover for any given episode. Essentially, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. has become more of a reflection on their personalities as Marvel enthusiasts and hobby podcasters. I'll give you a couple of examples on that before we move on, Stephen. One is recently Michelle was so overcome by the Disney Plus show Werewolf by Night, which came out in the beginning of October. She messaged all of us and said, we have to recover this. We have to cover this. We have to cover this. So we shoot it into the schedule. We supplanted other things out because we plan out a few months in advance and we covered it where we wouldn't have normally covered it. And we all had a great time talking about it. The other thing that I'll mention is we have yet to cover 
Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to do that in a week or so, but we haven't covered it yet. And the reason was we personally, as a group, didn't feel that we wanted to obligate any single one of us to have to go into a theater at the this point in time of the pandemic. So those are two instances where we've shoved off covering something or we've covered something that we weren't planning on. And it was all based on personalities and what we want to do. But with that said, content can be covered through a variety of different ways. Let's take a basic example, the news. Yeah, we all have listened to it or watched it over the course of our lives. The news can be presented in a very traditional format, such as you see on the 6 p.m. news hour, your local TV news stations or your national news, you know, whatever you listen to or watch. Or the news can be discussed in bite-sized chunks, allowing for opinions to be injected between the newsprints. Again, think of this in terms of maybe cable news programming. Is this like two-bite brownies? I don't know what that is. Oh. Two-bite, what's two-bite brownies? Never mind, continue. Why would you only eat a brownie in two bites? That's the purpose of them. They're so small. They only take two bites. I would, if they're that small, I'm just going to do one bite. I mean, I want a big brownie. And maybe I'll do a two-bite brownie there. Anyway, based on your personality, you might find one of those options to covering the news better fit for you over the other. Which takes us to our next point. Your personality will impact the format of your show. Consider these things. How you approach the topic. Do you plan to be a talking head podcast or more interactive with your audience? Will you have scripted segments or will it be more conversational or both? Will you be an opinion show or will you be purely fact-based? What type of feel do you want if you're doing an audio drama? You're doing a serious show, you're doing a comedy. And more importantly, how will you feel about those decisions long term? Are they something that's going to fit you and your personality? There's nothing wrong with pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. But if you choose a format that goes against your personality, will it continue to be fun for you in the long term? For some people, their podcast is like a performance and they get great enjoyment of putting on a performance that is outside of their normal personality. But for many people, they'll eventually grow tired of it and need to do a pivot down the road to their normal personality. That's why for us, we podcast with our normal personalities. What you see is what you get because it fits our personalities better. And when we actually have beards, this is our real beard hair. It's not a pasted on beard. It's actually our beards. And we both have beards right now. So what SP is basically saying here is that it is true that in the real life, SP is the enjoyable, lovable one, and I am the annoying Canuck. That's true. That's real. I can't disagree. I'm, I'm trying to find a way around that. No, it's all true. <laughs> Another area, though, that we think kind of fits into this section is the question about your on-mic style. For example, are you going to have an on-mic style that's more of a straight man or more of a plucky comic relief? Are you going to be the cool person like SP or the nerdy fact droid? I'd like to say like myself, but I don't even have good facts. Are you going to be the one that's kind of trying to find common ground in discussions? Or are you going to be one that just comes in with their strong opinions? Our opinion on this is the best solution is probably to be yourself and sort of let that determine your on mic style. Now, that's not to say you can't play up certain areas or you can't expand your on mic style down the road. 
But being yourself is going to be your personality, and that's going to make it a more authentic experience when it comes to your listeners listening to your podcast. And hopefully, continue to make that sustainable in the long term where you're not getting burnt out by putting on a fake personality on a fake on mic style all the time. With a fake beard. With a that fake would be beard. detrimental. Yeah. <laughs> the next area we want to discuss is how your personality impacts the choices for what we'll call your podcast artifacts. And what we are talking about there is like your show art, your visuals, your music, that sort of thing that we'll just call podcast artifacts. Like everything else that we've discussed so far, artistic choices are your influence on the show. A music selection might equal the tone of your show. Visuals, they might have a epic first impression for somebody that's searching shows by the style of your logo. And if you're doing a video show, the video elements can definitely show off your personality, which is shown through the tone of your show. Which is why SP's frame on this show is in color and mine is in black and white because my life is just drab. Well, it rains all the time where you are during the winter, <laughs> so I could see that. You may have heard the phrase, quote, art is in the eye of the beholder, unquote. And in our opinion, that will transfer to some of the choices you will make for your podcast artifacts. You are likely to have a certain perspective when it comes to these things, the artifacts, and you might think that a certain type of music is the perfect fit for your podcast. But another podcaster covering the same topic may like a totally different type of music and thus being drawn to something else. These types of artistic decisions, which are based on your personality, can help create a unique feel for your podcast. And by being faithful to your personality, your podcast feel will start to reflect yourself. As an example, we searched for weeks for the theme for better podcasting because we didn't want a corporate feel or a dramatic feel or even a circus feel. We didn't, and we listened to all that stuff. We were going for fun yet respectable, and we think we've achieved that, but we'll leave that up to you, the listener, to, for the final vote on that. And try to ignore when you hear it in corporate ads or, you know, makeup ads and things like that, because it seems like, you know, it's showing up everywhere now. Now, moving, hey, it's that good. <laughs> moving on to our next point of discussion. It's an area that SB actually has some recent experience with, and it's guests. And yes, I'm referring to the Better Podcasting Chats with SP, which is another spinoff Better Podcasting show, which you can check at betterpodcasting.com. Eventually, when you're podcasting, you may feel that you want to have guests come on your show. In the past, we have talked about some of the best practices when it comes to bringing on guests and some of the other considerations that you might have, some of the pros and the cons and the different things that might happen when you bring a guest onto your show. But have you at all thought about how your personality might affect who you bring onto your podcast? Some considerations that we think are worth thinking about is who do you admire? Who do you think might be adding value to your podcast? Who do you want to actually spend some time with? And what part of the topic of your podcast are you really trying to highlight? And how will that play into that guest appearance? When you think about these questions, a lot of the answers are going to be very subjective to your point of view. Think again about those questions. Really, the answers are coming from your point of view, and that might actually impact that guest pool for your podcast. But it kind of goes further than this. For a successful guest to come onto your show, you're probably going to have to have a personality 
that works with them on some level. Now, what we mean by that is, is not that you have to agree with that guest. No, what we're saying is that the guests need to interact with you on some level that works with your personality. Some conflicting points of view discussions are some of the most captivating discussions that are out there in the podcast world. But if you have a guest that does not work with your personality, this might be a little hard to work with and hard for the listeners to hear. Some of the best interviews in the world have had guests that just have not worked with them. They've just been duds and it will show in those interviews or those guest appearances. So it really can be beneficial while you're looking at what you want to get out of the guest to consider how does their personality line up with your own? What is going to be the path to make that guest appearance work? And how are you going to prevent fighting keeping a conversation going? That's really dry and the listeners will not like that. Oftentimes, the decision to have a hobby podcast is to develop a podcast community for people that are interested in the same thing. Your decisions on how to form that community once you start to form a listener base will be grounded in where you choose to engage your audience and your personality thereof. Would you like more control over your community space? Discord servers afford a lot of control there. Would you like more open visibility with some control? A subreddit might fit your style a little bit better. It's more open to the general public, yet you still have some moderation control. Are you old school? An old school forum might be more your speed. Do you have to have video? And if you do, do you want to keep the community focused on where you can sell memberships eventually? YouTube is a pretty good example of that. Your show's community is also a reflection of your moderation and your common sense. Are you more, let's say, argumentative in your podcasts and topic? You might encourage more spirited, we'll call it, interactions. Are you a history podcast? Do you have one like that? Your discussions would be more grounded in facts and information and generally low-key, not exactly going to have spirited conversations over stuff that happened 500 years ago, in general at least. Are you a tabletop role-playing podcast with a lot of storytelling that might have shocking moments and gameplay involved? Your community will be more fan-based reaction there. Communities you are involved in are also reflected of your personality outside of the one for your podcast. Do you find yourself migrating to more subreddits or Discord servers or YouTube comments channels? These are all locations that you might reference content that you have produced and where your prospective audience might come from. Therefore, that is where they naturally are. Your extracurricular online or in-person activities will come back and reflect your audience base as your show grows because that's where they came from. They're not going to migrate to something else. They're going to stay on what they want and what they know. Then finally, how often do you interact with your community? Are you somebody that needs to engage 24-7? Your community might be active 24-7, but you'll need to figure out time to produce your content as well. Are you a scheduler that limits the amount of time you interact? Are you just doing like 30 minutes a day in your community? I'll tell you, it's a little bit difficult to keep a young community alive that way, but I understand some people are schedulers and like, this is the time I have to be part of my community. Do you just wait for notifications like 
you don't interact with your community at all and you wait for those ads to come back, those notifications to come back at you. And therefore, you're at the whim of your audience. So if you have notifications come in all day, you're interacting with your community all day. If you only get one a day, that's only one interaction you get. If you get none, well, then maybe you need to do other things. All of this sends a message to your community of your personality. How available are you? How interactive are you with them? That sort of thing. So it's your personality, which then forms your community. Of course, also how needy you are. Like for SP, he absolutely has to respond to every single remote discussion about himself. This is something that he does in all of his communities. He must always go in and talk about how great he is. Well, of course, I am great. <laughs> in our last few sections, we want to talk about some things that we think you might not initially associate with your personality. And let's start off with promotion. I know what you're saying to yourself. Stephen, how does promotion fit in with your personality? Well, let's start with the thing that all podcasters discuss behind the scenes when you get your corporate hobby podcaster card. It's the thing we talk behind the scenes, not in, in front of the camera. It's that promotion kind of sucks. Yes, a lot of podcasters hate promotion, even though it is arguably one of the most important aspects to help grow your podcast. If you keep your personality in mind as you're doing your promotion, you might actually find promotion comes a little easier. And maybe, dare we say, you might even start to like it. Some thoughts that you might have and some considerations when you are thinking about promotion is where and how do you want to promote that best fits that personality? For example, maybe you got yourself a geeky podcast and you're in a geeky community. Maybe you are someone that feels a little more natural to discuss your podcast within that community. Or maybe your personality is the opposite. You actually hate talking about things that you do in your projects with people that you know. You might be better equipped to find somewhere that has a broader audience that is a little more generic than a community you're already in. But do you enjoy certain other things? For example, I, myself, like to create wacky videos that are completely nonsensical. They're, they're not meant to be serious. They're over-the-top humor. These are things that I enjoy to do. This, these are kind of the couple of videos we did when we started promoting the return of better podcasting. These are things that I like to do for fun. So it makes promotion a little bit easier when I do these type of things. Other people like doing short form content like TikToks and Instagram posts and just, you know, YouTube shorts. Those people might prefer to do promotions in those methods. And maybe there are people who like less flashy promotion styles. They might more like more traditional outlets like Twitter, maybe buying ads or Facebook posts. And for the flip side of things, people who are super outgoing, they might like to collaborate with others like guests, uh, trading promos, and even going to the parking lot where SP works and going, hey, SP, check out my podcast. <laughs> I'm so grateful for my security <laughs> at work. That would never happen. We're going to move on to the next little section here, and it's going to be about audio equipment. Yep. I said it, audio equipment. How is that a personal choice, right? Well, let's get into it. We generally want to make the case that your personality will affect your choice of audio equipment for your podcast. First, what type of personality that you have 
for experimenting for podcast gear actually impacts your selection of gear? Are you somebody who loves to tinker or are you somebody who wants a solution and never want to think about it again? Steven is a great example of a tinkerer. He loves to tinker with gear. And even when he is happy with the gear, he's not happy. He wants to experiment. He wants to break things. And then he wants to find solutions for them. It's part of the fun for him. And part of the fun for me is listening to him being very frustrated for a while until he gets it right. But we recognize that this sort of thing can be infuriating for some people. So for somebody like Steven, he may want something very controllable. But somebody else might want something with very limited options that just works. And that's kind of where I am when I have limited time, but I do like to tinker when I do have time. But what sorts of opinions do you have about how audio sounds? Is there a certain way that your personality feels podcasts should sound like? For example, what's your opinion on dynamic versus condenser microphones? There are some folks that feel passionately about this question. Some absolutely dislike condenser microphones, and some absolutely think that quality audio is only from condenser microphones. Depending on how you personally feel, this might affect the mic that you ultimately choose. As a hobby podcaster, this might affect your other gear as well. For example, you may need to implement further sound treatment, processing, etc. to achieve the sound that you desire while podcasting out of a hobbyist space. Another consideration you may have when choosing equipment is whether or not your personality allows you to have gear around all the time. Are you somebody who's okay with gear out in between recording sessions? Or are you somebody who cannot stand the sight of the gear clutter? The former might have a dedicated space. The latter may prioritize an easy setup and teardown instead. Both of us have had various levels of setups over the years, including different configurations to do with accommodating video. Both of us agree there is something nice about putting things away in between shows, but there's a lot of convenience about finding what you can actually leave out all the time. And as a fun fact, Stephen used to make it an annual tradition to put away his mics on his backdrop every holiday break. It was just a little mental ease to put them away out of sight and to give his mind a mental rest. And also, it was the one time of the year that I think he cleaned them. <laughs> Fair. Also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that your comfort level with some gear like the software involved, like Mac-based systems or Windows-based OS, may have an impact as well. What audio programs can you use on each? If you're on a Mac-based system, you're not going to be using things that are only on Microsoft Windows. If you're on Windows, if there is something that is exclusively on your Mac system, like GarageBand, for example, you're not going to be able to run it on your computer PC. So there are differences in your personality that affects the breadth of your audio solution that you have for your podcast. And the last area that we want to discuss revolves around involving your audience. Are you wanting to interact with them as peers? Are you wanting to keep them in the center of conversation? Are you even wanting to ask for, for feedback or encourage even unsolicited or solicited feedback? These are things that tie into your personality. And depending on how much involvement you want with your audience, might lead to a, a thing that people like to do sometimes called podcast merch. 
this is something that hobby podcasters sometimes have a desire to do is to create podcast merch. Well, it's a real opportunity to add your personality on it. A lot of folks think that they're kind of stuck doing a certain style if they are going to offer podcast merch due to limitations of things like on-demand services. But we'd recommend you look as a hobby podcaster at the things that you're considering for your podcast merch and ask yourself, what makes you excited? And place some focus on these areas of your podcast merch. Consider what you can do to really put your mark onto it. For example, do you personally get great enjoyment out of drinking out of a coffee mug that has your podcast logo on it? Or are you somebody who wants a more outgoing approach, such as making shirts where people might have a conversation when they see that shirt out in the public? Do you like big flashy designs or something more subtle? Are you looking to make the merch just for yourself or are you looking to make your listeners happy and offer it to them as well? That's something that some people are very protective of their stuff and they're like, you know what? I don't want my logo on anybody but myself and that's okay. These are things that might affect your final outcome, all of these considerations and questions. But whatever you do, we really encourage you to create merchandise that you think, if you're going to do that, create merchandise that is reflective of your podcast. And since in theory, your podcast is a reflection of your personality, the merch will also reflect you. So we're going to close up tonight. We're going to talk about how your personality influences your decisions. And that then shapes your podcast. How do you think your podcast should go? That's a good question. There's no right or wrong answer, only what works and what are best practices. And in that light, I would like to ask you, our audience member, if there is something that is personality driven that you have driven into your show, please let us know. Get it back to us. And we would love to share it with the community. There has been a lot of things, and we'll discuss it in a second, about previous episodes that we're going to be able to give back to the community we want to give back to the community on this about how your personality affects your show. We did actually get a bit of feedback ahead of time to do with your personality and how it's influenced your podcast. We put a couple feeler posts out there. And over on Twitter, we had asked, uh, name one decision that you made about your podcasting endeavors that you believe your personality significantly influenced slash drove slash impacted. And we had on Twitter, Diami Pulucki say, invited our first guest before guests became our focus. That's pretty cool. So I guess they had a podcast that did not revolve around guests originally, and they invited their first guest, and it changed the shape of their show. That's a very outgoing personality you have to do to make that decision to ask somebody to guest on your show, especially if your show does not usually involve guests. That's really cool. Diami tells the full story over on Better Podcasting Chats with SP. So you get to find out where he started and where he ended up. And they've literally had hundreds of guests on their show. We also got a response from Boba Fett Ship. Or should I say Dave from San Diego? I'm not sure here <laughs> where we should go. Anyway, Call back to last episode. Not starting my podcast because I know I don't have time to go all in like I'd want to. Maybe not the answer you're looking for, but it's an honest one. We also had Kim Alloway say, along similar lines to Boba Fett's ship, 
learning as much as I can about podcasting and buying gear before having any sort of recording schedule uh, practicalities talked through with my intended co-host, also my spouse, which naturally led to problems when he didn't have the same time commitment in mind to actually start researching and writing, let alone recording content. So I want to talk a little bit about this whole this whole discussion about holding off on your podcast. Number one, let's get that out of the way right now. SBNI, contrary to earlier discussions, we think if you really want to go for a podcast, you got to find a way to pull the trigger. This is important. If you are committed to an idea, you got to make it happen. You're always, always, in our opinion, going to look back at your early episodes and, and, and criticize them and think that you could have done a lot better. It's just the way it is. So don't look for perfection right away. However, I want to address the, this analytical mindset before you're podcasting. That is a special type of personality that not everybody has. And what I mean by that is some people have to do in order to understand. And in this sort of discussion here, it looks like uh, Kim, Kim has been willing to analyze things ahead of time and being able to sort of visualize the puzzle pieces coming together before building the puzzle. Not everybody can do that. And so your personality might impact how much time you can put in before you actually go. There is that. I don't think I've talked about it on this show, but my first podcast failed. Stephen, have we talked about that before? I don't think we have anyway. Of course it did. Your podcast dedicated to all the things that are great about Stephen failed because you had no content. <laughs> I didn't even know who you were at the time. <laughs> so I wanted to start a podcast, a TV reaction podcast on the sci-fi show Continuum. I asked, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen of my favorite geeky friends and these were people that I was already in an online community with if they wanted to do a podcast. And I got like no's across the board. Nobody wanted to do a podcast on Continuum. Then I was like, okay, what about Defiance? And I was able to get that off the ground because my co-host at the time, Shannon, wanted to do it because she really wanted to talk about Jamie Murray. And then she brought her husband along, which was Sean. So that's how I actually started my first podcast, Voices of Defiance. But my very first podcast on the TV show Continuum was a flop. Never happened. It was a failure because it just never got that way. But I kept going on until I got it right. And I was going to go solo even. So I guess my point is I only was in that for a few months. And then I finally pulled the trigger. If you're in that mode of analyzing to paralysis longer than a year, I don't know if you're ever going to start a podcast because at some point in time, you do have to start, you pull a trigger and do something, even if it's not your main idea, because your more successful projects aren't going to be your first one. They'll be like your third or your fifth or your seventh one. So I don't think your first podcast is to be perfect. Just pull the trigger, get it done. Which takes us greatly to our next piece of feedback, which was from Waffles from Play Comics. And he said, just buying a mic and going for it, planning too big, but making it work. This is the opposite approach. And, and again, personality differences here. Some people could never dive in feet first like that. Some people can. So I love the, the contrasting feedback there. And lastly, we had Alurun over on our YouTube channel in a comment to this show right now said, 
Don't forget to get compromising material for any guest you want to come on. It's how we get SB on our show. <laughs> oh, Ali Run, uh, you, you're always trying to blackmail SB. Successfully, I guess, too, right? <laughs> We'd love to know your thoughts on all this. Please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can come to Twitter, if that's still around. You can come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find us at facebook.com slash betterpodcasting. Email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Or you can come while we record our shows live on Wednesdays, usually at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Come on over, though, to our Discord. There's so many good talk conversations happening on our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. This is the Better Podcasting Download. I think it's been a while since we talked about podcast media hosting services. We're going to talk about it today in the download. And ironically, we're talking about podcast downloads in the download. And one of the things about podcast media host services is they all have limitations. They all have to make money eventually. So they all actually have limitations. Libsyn, which we use for this show, has a limitation on how much content that you can upload in terms of file size each month. And that is their limitations. No limitations on downloads, no limitations on how many times the RSS feed is hit or anything like that. You have others that limit the amount of downloads that you have. And they say that you can have as many RSS feeds as you want, but you're limited into downloads. There's others like Spreaker that say that you can have as many RSS feeds as you want, but we're limited you to only upload a total of 500 hours for a $20 a month plan. And I don't know if that's changed, but it was like that a couple of years ago. We're going to talk about the second one that I just described. The, um, the podcast media host services that limit the amount of downloads that you can get. Now, it can either be in total number of downloads or maybe total file size. So it could be either in amount of downloads, like basically how many listens that your show has had, or it could be in terms of how much data is being transferred back and forth. And data, you think of it in terms of like maybe your ISP, your internet service provider that has a cap on you. Like you have a gigabyte cap every month. And if you go over that, you have to pay extra. Well, some podcast media hosts like Captivate say that you can have as many RSS feeds. There's no limitation on how much you upload, but we're going to limit you to the total number of downloads. And as of about a month ago, there was three different tiers on Captivate and they had a personal tier that had 12,000 downloads per month. They had a professional tier, which is more expensive, about $45 a month versus like $20 a month for the personal tier, which was 60,000. And then they had a $90 plan business tier, which gave you 150,000 downloads per month. Now for the average hobby podcaster that gets 150 downloads per month per their show or yeah, per episode in their show, you multiply that by an average of four. So that is 600 downloads per show per month. If you're getting 150 downloads per month. So then you expand that out and say you're doing four shows. Those 600 downloads become 2,400 downloads, which is still well under 12,000 per month. Let's say though, that one of your shows gets mildly popular 
and you get into the 2,500 downloads per episode per month. Multiply that by four, you're at 10,000 automatically. And if you have a few other shows as well, you're going to bust that 12,000 per month. Well, Captivate must have taken a look at the books and they took a look at that and they were like, well, we're going to limit people unnecessarily and they're not going to choose Captivate because they think that if they get into that situation, they're going to end up having to go up a tier. So we're going to expand our download limits on our personal tier from 12,000 to 30,000. On the professional tier, we're going to expand it from 60,000 to 150,000. And on the business tier, from 150,000 to 300,000 per month. I think this is wise because data is cheaper. The fact that you're using the internet is a little bit cheaper than it used to be. Even Libsyn upped the amount of data that you can upload every month in there. So I think this is a long time coming that these podcast media hosts increase their plan size. And I think it opens up a lot more options to a lot more people. Now, somebody like Stephen and I, who have been podcasting for 12 years and have like 10 or 12 shows that still get downloaded, we might not even fit in that 30,000. It depends on how popular our shows are, right? And maybe we're just brand new and we're not thinking about it and like, okay, this actually makes sense, even if we are successful. And I would argue, by the way, if you get it to about 5,000 downloads per episode on your show, you're going to be able to monetize. And the amount that you're paying for your media host is almost negligible. So I would say a good rule of thumb in this case is mildly successful, 2,500 downloads per month per episode, what's going to fit and captivate clearly has said, we've got a home for you there, which I think is great for Captivate to do. Yeah, I'm really glad to see them make this change. I think there's a lot of factors that come into play with this, including increased competition. I think that that's, that is, is ever growing with podcast media hosts. I think that um, they probably have had a couple of clients maybe leave that were higher profile or something that maybe, maybe that happened. It just seems like there probably was a catalyst, but I, whatever the reason was, and that was speculation, but whatever the reason was, I'm glad that, that they're doing that with that said, I have to say that the capped downloads approach is one of my least favorite approaches to scaling back resources. I just think like it's a, it's a mental block as you're building things. Essentially what you're saying to yourself is I am agreeing that my volume, my, my show it, it, content is only worth this many downloads. That's that's what you're saying. You're saying, I don't care if I have the world's best episode in the world. I've signed up for the personal tier and 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 that's my target. I don't, I don't want to do any more than $12,000 or 12,000 downloads before 30,000 downloads now. That That's essentially the mental block that you've given yourself with a big or else, or else I have to increase my tier. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the downloads from that perspective. I just think it's a nugget in the back of your head. A lot of people, it's not going to matter, but there are a lot of people who are trying to grow their show as big as they can. There are people who create podcasts and, and that's their sole goal. I want to create a show as big as I can. And they've put that, that roadblock in there. So that's my thoughts on the whole thing. With that said, kudos to Captivate for recognizing this and increasing that. And they're welcome to, to do whatever limit that they want and limits 
are, like you said, handled in a variety of different ways. And there's pros and cons to all of them. And that's what brings up the broader discussion on this is what is, we often get asked the question. I often see it in the podcasting subreddit. What is the best podcast media host? And you get a bunch of different answers and some of which are for actually from the companies which disclose themselves now. So that's great. But what is the best? I'm here to tell you, it's always a trade-off and it's what works for you. So what works for me, me saying, oh, the best one is Buzzsprout or Captivate or Anchor or Lipson, whatever it is, that's might not fit you. And why is that? It depends on so many different things. Now, I did a Reddit comment on this a couple weeks back, maybe a month back or so. And it basically was a bunch of it depends statements. I'll give you a few. It depends on if you're looking at a free or a paid host. It depends on if you value the IAB compliance statistics. It depends on if you're looking for one RSS feed or multiple RSS feeds. It depends on if you want to support a business in your country that you live in and the business is based in the country that you live in. For example, Captivate is based in the UK. Libsyn is based in the US. It depends on what monetization options you're looking for. That is something that a lot of people, I think, falsely look at right when they get in. But if they're looking long term, Stephen, like you said before about the download things, you don't want to have that mental stop in the back of your head. You want to have those options laid out for you before you get there. It depends on if you like the people that work there or if they rub you the wrong way. It depends on what your friends have. Yep, I said it. What your friends have. That was an interesting one that I threw in there. And really, if you have somebody that's a friend, that's a podcaster, and they say, oh, I use Transistor. They're the best ones out there. You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to use Transistor. And you might not even look at anything else. It depends on what you like in an interface. There are some people that are so stickler on what the interface looks like as you upload your podcast. And as you look at your statistics, they're like, I need to have this interface, no matter what the data is. Actually, universally, the data is pretty much the same because it's the same in the RSS feed, but it's presented in a different way. It depends on if you want your host to support podcasting 2.0, or if you just don't care about podcasting 2.0. We really haven't talked about podcasting 2.0 yet on this show, but it is a thing. Or if you think that podcasting 2.0 is bunk. That could be too. Right. And that's why I said, if you don't care, well, I guess bunk would be a third option there. It depends on if you need more than one person to be able to access the account or if just one login is fine for you and your team and you can share a password and a login ID. And I end with basically saying they all have a play and there's more that I didn't even read there, but I went on for quite some time. It depends on a lot of different options and what works for one person is not going to work for another. So I hate the discussion of what is the best podcast media host, because there is no best podcast media host. There's just a bunch of options out there and some options going to work for you more than the other. So you, unfortunately, you're just going to have to do your research, research and do that. And in that light, Captivate has taken away one of the limitations, at least it's still a limitation, but it's not as limiting as it was before. And 
they've tried to play the game a little bit that way. And I think more of the podcast media host services are going to do that because of the competition. There is a lot more. Stephen, when we started Better Podcasting, there was what? There was Lipson, there was Podbean, there was Blueberry, uh, there was uh, maybe two others that were made. I know SoundCloud was big, but nobody liked them. Mm-hmm. So there was not that many. Now there's like two, three dozen. Along the lines of Captivate, we were wondering how many people actually do use Captivate. So Stephen put a question out there and he said, do you use Captivate to host your podcast? And we got a response from Evo Terra, Hall of Fame podcaster, by the way. He said, I do for me, well, and for many of my clients. And then a co-host of ours, Chris Farrell, he said, negative. I'm a Podbean user still, though I may flip over to Anchor as I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Chris is pretty cheap, too. I mean, he said it, but yeah. <laughs> and then we had David Woji, I believe is how you say his last name, W-O-J-E. He said, yes, for me and clients as well. So, yeah, Captivate seems to be at least in the minds of discussion of podcasters. Thanks to everybody who responded to that over on Mastodon. And if you got any other thoughts about this or Captivate changes or media host changes, we'd love to hear from you. Come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. We got a few follow-ups to last week's discussion about anonymous podcasting. I was pretty impressed the amount of follow-ups that we got. And on Twitter, we had your pal Ferris say, The big reveal, StarPie broadcasts anonymously because he's too sexy. Yeah, I disagree with Ferris a little bit here. There's no such thing as too sexy. We actually had a really interesting comment come in over on our Discord following up about anonymous podcasting. And this was from Josh Liston. And he brought up, I was expecting one thing to come up in this week's Better Podcasting. When you share a name or have a very similar name to a well-known person that has views that you don't agree with in whatever way that might be. If your name reminds people of someone else who is known for something specific, you might not want your listeners making that connection. And this was a very good point because there are a lot of people who have similar names to others that that might be a little more generic or maybe aren't really at first glance that generic, but do have the same name as somebody very well known or very well known in a certain community. That wasn't the case for us though, right, SB? <laughs> actually, I was so glad that Josh Liston brought this up because it actually happened to me. And you're like, whoa, somebody's named Stargate Pioneer out there. No, my real name that I said just once last time, Scott Rupert, actually is a quasi famous person. Quasi, I say, because Scott Rupert in Ohio, in the United States, ran for U.S. Senate not once, but twice. All right. You say, OK. SP, Scott Rupert, okay. You ran for Senate, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. After the election, I went into work or I had people approach me that were friends and they said, I had no idea that you were running for U.S. Senate. I voted for you. And I just, I did a face palm every single time <laughs> because I'm like, no, that wasn't me. That was some trucker, literally a trucker, an 18 wheeler driver. That is who that was. That is not me, Scott Rupert, the rocket scientist. And if I was running for U.S. Senate, 
you would have known that I was running for U.S. Senate because I would have told you, I would have hounded you because that is how you win elections, right? And so they're all like, oh, so some of them wasted their votes because (laughs) Scott Rupert never got elected to U.S. Senate. And I don't have the same political views as Scott Rupert does that ran for U.S. Senate. So there's an example of my name, Scott Rupert, which we talked about last time, is the same as somebody else that I don't agree with. But I got lumped into it by my friends like, oh, you ran for U.S. Senate. No, I did not. When, when this conversation came in on Discord, there was like I could read SP's response and the light bulb moment come over his head when he's like, obviously, this is such a close example. So thank you so much, Josh, for uh, bringing that up. It's a very, very valid point, And that's fantastic. Uh, also, by the way, uh, Mastodon, we had Emily Prokop say, kind of wishing I had gone the anonymous or stage name route now. And I had had a little back and forth. And unfortunately, it, it was for for some of the reasons we alluded to or mentioned mm-hmm. in, in that show, you know, the, cre- the creepy factor. Uh, we also had James Cridlin say, I used the stage name on the radio because my program director thought nobody could deal with my surname. Benefits, you were totally anonymous outside the radio station. Very, yeah. very valid. So James and I have something in common. I am now Shane Phoenix, and he is James. I don't know what he was on the radio, but yeah, there we go. James, you and I, we're alike. Shane Phoenix, by the way, is just an example I used in the last podcast and is not my name whatsoever. Moving on from the anonymous podcasting discussion in our Discord, we had Anthony from Capes of the Couch podcast say, just recorded our next episode, recorded it locally, plus the roadcaster, plus Google Meet. No way in HE double hockey sticks. I'm losing audio again. Ain't making that mistake twice. And this was in follow up to where he had lost uh, a recording and was doing ADR to bring his podcast back like ADR for like half an hour. Yeah, we've all been there, Anthony. And I'm so glad that you finally ran over to the camp of I'm going to over engineer my backups because I don't want this ever to happen again. We also had an email from Jen Rhodes, and she said, Hi, I caught your last two Better Podcast episodes over the last two weeks or so, and just wanted to say, welcome back, and I'll be listening. And that's Jen from Creative Hero. She is a podcast consultant for branding over there. Jen, thank you so much. When that email came in, Stephen and I were like, that was really cool. Thank you very much. And I'll also just give a little special shout out there. There was more in the email, and I'm just going to right now say thank you for thinking of me. So if you've got feedback that you want to get to us, we've mentioned a few times where you can, but just come on over to betterpodcasting.com. You can find the whole back catalog, including our other Better Podcasting shows, such as the Better Podcasting Chats with SP. You can go to the back catalog of Better Podcasting Live Chats, and you can check out the whole back catalog of Better Podcasting. That's over at betterpodcasting.com. Thanks to everybody who chimed in this episode. Thanks to everybody who watched us live record, which is usually on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we were slightly delayed by an hour this, this week. So thank you to everybody who adjusted their schedule to do so. You can also check out SP on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. That's at legendsofshield.com. And once a month, we do the Gunna Geek podcast over on gunnageek.com, rounding up some geeky content from the past month. So 
So for episode number 264 of Better Podcasting, I'm Steve Phoenix. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm SP saying thank you guys for coming by. Really appreciate you and look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.